So today I'm going to get into Washington's farewell address. So to begin with, what is so important about his farewell address? It's about four pages. It was a short speech. And generally, Washington got into all of the issues that would destroy American society. And I'm going to list about three of them that I can remember. The first was political parties. The fact that there was political parties, according to Washington, would create friction and would create divisiveness within the electorate, where instead of working Working with one another, it would create separation. So things like East and West, North and South, Democrat and Republican, these kinds of things, Libertarian and Socialist, these kind of things would divide the American public. And we have even more situations like gun control, homosexuality, abortion, these hot button issues that Americans needed to feel like they were one people. And that this divisiveness of creating a party system or catering to certain geographic locations was dangerous and it wouldn't suit the benefit of having the whole country come together as a whole. He also very specifically critiqued that America had to exist in a Christian environment. It had to have the morals of Christianity in order to function. This is very poignant point in Washington's farewell dress that anybody who questions the validity or the place of religion within American politics does not have the country's best interest at heart. Washington actually said those things. And the reason why why is because, again, I think it follows in the divisiveness part, is that if we have a disrupted chain of logos, a common narrative that doesn't bind us together, such as the mythology of America, like Paul Bunyan, Johnny Appleseed, Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett, the Civil War, the American Revolution, these sort of overreaching narratives, even World War II has its own special place in the American mythology, that if we don't share this common narrative, even Sacagawea and Lewis and Clark and Susan B. Anthony, among others, like Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy. And if we don't have this mythology, this sort of shared cultural heritage, we're going to lose our identity and we're going to become factious. And this is going to, in a sense, tear apart the bonds of the American civilization. And one of the best ways to create a coherent society is to have a shared religious experience, not an established religion that the state dictates this is what you must believe, as that's against the law, but rather within the country, a religious populace moderating the excesses of government to make sure that it doesn't go down the path that it is right now. And another thing Washington actually addressed was deficit. He spent a little bit of time talking and forewarning about spending too much and relying too heavily on foreign debtors, like relying too much on borrowing from foreign nations. He warned specifically against that because he knew it was dangerous because if they came to collect on those debts, we'd be at fault and well, that's not good for a country to go bankrupt. And the last thing that Washington sort of censored was making political alliances and being so ironclad with them that you're willing to fight for a nation for no benefit of yourself. Now, this is like something that, you know, you have to understand that what he's talking about is that if you have an ally with a certain country and then their interests are no longer your interests and your interests are no longer their interests, then you need to sever ties with them despite how deep that alliance goes. And I think he's kind of warning about a sort of alliance with the wrong people. Now, I know you can say, 
Well, that's not really happening right now, but it, it kind of is because, like, there's certain interests around the world that we'd be better off not getting involved with, like the war in Ukraine or, you know, fighting wars halfway across the globe because of this or that reason. Like, we shouldn't be allied with people for the sake of historical alliances. That's what Washington was warning against, was the sake of alliance for the sake of historical alliance. Because if your interests are no longer one, it's best to sever alliances. Now, this was back then before we had these very complex global networks and economies where alliances were a little bit more ironclad. But he also didn't have NATO. But in a sense... <sighs> Even NATO is a part of the American mythology. Even Teddy Roosevelt and environmentalism is a part of the American mythology. I think it's important that we understand that, that NATO and environmentalism are a part of American founding principles. It's part of the mythology that we've created as a people. But it's so important that we understand that in the case of alliances, that we shouldn't be allied with a country that doesn't have our best interests, despite the fact that that alliance might be something historic. I'm not saying that's necessarily happening. I'm just saying that's Washington's farewell address. And those were really the four points he addressed. But one minor point that he addressed, which I think was only a couple of sentences, but it was very poignant, was the fact that the most vile oppression in American society would be if the people themselves oppressed one another. And this is one of the most important things I think we need to understand right now is that in our age of lawsuits and our age of always trying to profit and our age of always trying to claim what's ours and our age of always being offended, that the worst oppression that could possibly arise in America is one where the people oppress themselves. And that was really only a couple sentences, but it was probably one of the most eye-opening parts of Washington's speech. And I'll end this with a quote from Washington's farewell address. The alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge natural to party dissension, which in different ages and countries has perpetuated the most horrid enormities, is itself a frightful despotism. But this leads at length to a more formal and permanent despotism. The disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual. And sooner or later, the chief of some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns his disposition to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of the public liberty. So in other words, this waffling between the two parties, Democrat and Republican, is exactly what Washington's talking about there. That the enormities and the excesses of these parties, when they're in power, that they get everything they want in power, it leads to a waffling of power and then revenge and then ultimately to a strongman figure who takes away liberty.